Welcome to the Storyteller series, Author Interviews, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, Megs, and today I'll be speaking to Mike White Jr., the author of Lavender Footsteps. This story was our first ever episode back in April 2020, and in January 2022, we were blessed with the chance to be able to give Lavender Footsteps the full cast storyteller's treatment that it deserves. Did you know that Mike White Jr. got his first taste of writing as a Dungeons & Dragons dungeon master? Want to know some writing advice he wished he knew sooner? Well, this is the place to learn all things Mike. For more information on the Storyteller series, please visit nightshiftradio.com. Fair warning, spoilers abound in this interview. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty <laughs> I'm glad you're doing good. I'm glad you're doing good. Um, so we'll just get started straight away. I think that'll probably be the best way is to just jump into it. Otherwise, I fear that we'll just descend into a cascade of giggles. Um, that sounds about right. Um, so tell us a little bit. Yeah, right. Tell us a little bit about yourself and you as an author and your journey as an author. Uh, uh, well, about myself, I, uh, am currently, mm-hmm. you know, um, the editor of Storyteller series and mm-hmm. mostly a novelist. Um, so I've have I've written six yeah. books, only one of which has ever seen the light of day. And then I took that down, rewrote it. Um, technically that's seven or eight books then, but it doesn't matter. Um, the short well you know what we're counting somewhere (laughs) uh short fiction wise i i've had some stories published um the colored lenses published a couple of them i had one way back when really weird epistolary story that was in aphotic realms their first magazine i think that they did their first issue Mm -hmm. um i'm very bad at talking about myself uh in case that wasn't clear yet i think everybody is (laughs) Honestly, honestly, I think the only reason I've gotten so good about talking about myself is because I have to for when I stream. Otherwise, people show up and I'm like, hello. And they're they're just like, okay, well, who are you? What what, you know, what do you want? But I I don't know. You'll you'll (laughs) entertain me. You'll get you'll get like a (laughs) you'll um eventually the more I find the more you talk about yourself, you just have like an inner script that you just kind of reel off. Like mine tends to be like Hi, I'm Megs. I stream and I do these things. I'm an idiot. And that's normally as far as I go. So, gotcha. um, I, yeah, I don't know right? if I should so end on yeah. I'm so, an um, idiot. So, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It was, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see how this goes. And then maybe, maybe you can be like, I'm an idiot at the end and we'll see. I usually end we'll up see. looking um, like an idiot. So, yeah. Uh, but. Writing I mean, journey. I'll, I'll back out happens. and go to the writing. Yeah, journey. yeah, writing journey. Um, yeah. I didn't really. So I, I used to write religiously when I was a kid. Uh, I DM'd in some way, shape, shape or form for mm-hmm. shit twenty seven years now, um, mm-hmm. and started when I was twelve, and that's when I made my first world, my V's. Uh, Mm-hmm. And then went to college and DM through college and got a degree in history and English. And then one person, uh, one person shit all over me and I stopped. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yep. For years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
the main reason why I even got back into writing is uh, I started following David Farland's daily kicks that he used to do. Uh, he passed away last two weeks ago. Uh, but uh, that is what got me back into writing at all. And then eventually I had all this work that I had done and realized I didn't know what to do with it. And just recently started putting stuff out in the right places and networking with people. And mainly the networking is the part that's driving the the writing career forward. Because um, prior to that, the writing journey was very lonely and it goes much quicker when you know people um, and actually integrate 100%, with those folks. 100%. Yeah, no, I totally, it's something that I can 100% um, relate to. You know, <coughs> my job is can be quite lonely as well because as a creative in general, it can be such a lonely, you know, a lonely career path or a lonely hobby or whatever you were, however you want to do it. Um, yeah. But going back to it, like when you say DM, you mean DM in Dungeons oh, and Dragons, yeah. I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I was a dungeon master. Uh -huh. uh -huh. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I only very recently did my first, it was meant to be a one shot. It turned into about 15 sessions and we died way before the DM even um, <laughs> planned on us dying. Um, but yeah, so I'm assuming that's that's a big hobby of yours is D&D. Uh, &D. Uh, yeah, it used to be before the pandemic. Um once pandemic uh -huh. hit, it just kind of tailed off. Doesn't work as well over Zoom. <laughs> mm -hmm. We yeah, tried. No, I can imagine. Yeah, we tried. Yeah. It just it didn't. It wouldn't work. It just didn't pan out. Every time we sat down to play, somebody'd get up and move, or the audio would be weird, and you couldn't hear the person who's in Syracuse. Uh, well, we're all yelling yeah. at the table. Yeah. Yeah, you're all just yeah. It's not the same. I've never personally done it in person. I've only ever been part of a campaign um, over what well, was over Discord actually. Um, but it was with a group of people that were all gamers. So we all had like, you know, like good setups and things mm -hmm. like that. But I imagine if it's just a group of friends, there's somebody oh, yeah. that there might. Everybody's <laughs> sitting there with their dollar store earbuds. Did you say you're going to backstab the dragon? He's not backstabbing the dragon. We went over this. Stop trying. Yeah, no. Uh -huh. I'm still going to try. So, well, so yeah, it's something eaten. that. <laughs> Isn't that how Dungeons and Dragons goes though? You're just like, I'm gonna try. Yeah. Um, you know, there was this running joke, you know, I'm imagining you've got running jokes with things like that. But my running joke is with with my group was that I am always going to befriend the animal even if you tell me I can't, I will do it. And that's how I played my character. <laughs> the one from uh, way back when is don't drink the green potion. Mm -hmm. It was a setup for and yep. We had this big kind of mini boss fight and all my friends are there and they finally get through and they survived. Everybody's alive and it's the first time they've ever had everybody live. And they get to, they find this treasure behind a, a trapped door and the way they disarm the treasure is they disarm the trap as they pick up the halfling and throw him at it. Um and that <laughs> triggered the amazing. trap. The halfling had an obscene amount of hit points for some reason because um, of a magic item he had mm -hmm. and so he just was always and he was no good at disarming traps so the way that the thief he was a thief the way he disarmed traps is you threw the halfling at him and so they open it up and there's all this treasure and yep. there's one green potion and everybody goes that's <laughs> <Right>. poison <laughs> except for one guy yep and he goes i'm gonna drink it right and there's like a 10 to 15 minute <laughs> argument about not drinking the green potion and at the end, he looks me dead in the eye and goes, yep. I'm drinking the green potion. He died immediately. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, right. Then, that's just death, isn't it? But that's not the exactly. only time that happened, and not just with that one character. Like other people <laughs> drink the green potion. It's like if it's, it's green, swirly, so green and it's not drink potion. Yeah, if it looks like some sort of nineteen seventies muscle if car, if it's not got ethereal. <laughs> Yeah, and if there's not like a theory or like, oh, coming yeah. off it, stay away from it. Right, the closest I could have come to absolutely it. do not drink this is it, when you swirl it, a skull shows up inside of it. Like, <laughs> do not drink it. <laughs> That's a bad idea. That's a really bad idea. Oh, man. So I imagine, um, as like I said, I've only ever experienced Dungeons and Dragons as a player, but as a DM, you are writing, you know? So it makes yeah. sense that it's your, it was your, um, key into becoming you know an author yeah very much so um to the point mm -hmm. where i had when i first started writing actual books i then had to learn how to not write for choice so most yep. of the most of my dming it's the way i dm is i try to make sure that no matter what the group wants to do they can and then i'll work around that mm -hmm. and it, when you're writing a novel yeah. that's how it works you sit down you have to pick no, <laughs> I mean, there are some books out there that you pick a choice, but you're like flipping backwards and forwards through all these pages, doing yeah, all these things. And those and, books are awesome. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. They are awesome, a hundred percent. But I can imagine it's quite difficult stepping into it and being like, oh, oh, okay, hold on. Yeah. This is how like, I would like to write. And this is how I've got to. And I actually yeah, have to go no, through exactly. scenes I mean, and, it makes. Yeah learn the craft yeah, it, but it makes sense now knowing that you were a, a dm from from what i've read of yours it's all like i don't know like like mythical it's all like do you know what i mean there's always it's not like boy meets girl man kills oh dog no. like that's that was an awful example of <laughs> writing there but yeah no. man kills dog well funny story no, I, man <laughs> No, 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 no. Um, but that kind of does lead us on to: Was there anything that inspired Lavender Footsteps, your um, your story that was recently put out as a storytellers series episode? Um, well, I yeah, I was down in Florida visiting family before the pandemic, my my wife's family, and it mm -hmm. was right around the time we mm -hmm. started to actually become involved in our niece and nephew's lives. And mm -hmm. it's a, I don't really connect with uh, people on a family level very often. It's a, I'm a big uh, proponent of found families and choosing your family. Yep. And while we were there, I started like making connections with these kids. And so it popped into my head, this idea of found families set, you know, because it's never going to be found family mm -hmm. in 2018 in florida <laughs> i can't do that that's, yeah. that's not who I am. yeah that would be <laughs> but having an yeah. android who's part of the found family and was actually added in on purpose that mm -hmm. oh, spoiler alert by the way i think Spo oh, spoilers if you've not yeah i feel yeah. like this is going to be an entire spoiler alert for lavender footsteps so yeah. if you haven't listened you haven't... to it go check it out now exactly yeah, come it back up um yeah. Because I'm going to ruin yeah, come back, everything go, about you know, the story. Go, <laughs> yeah, it's about to, yeah, everyone will be like, wait, no, what? It's like, um, you know, it's like finding out about the, you know, he can see dead people, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, and people are always it. like, wait, what? Just ruined it. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, so having an android that is purposefully 
put there in. Yeah, and still having the the central theme be this idea of found family, and that it's not mm-hmm. just blood that connects people. Um, that 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 was the big push, the the motivation. I woke up while I was down there, went and sat at a kitchen table and sketched the mm-hmm. entire story out from beginning to end. And it's the only time I've ever done that. Um, usually yeah. I have a beginning or an end or a middle, and I you know had to work around it. But this time it was start at the beginning, went all the way through, had it done, and then I waited until I got home and I wrote it up in yeah. a, a day. Since then, it's gone through Sometimes a bunch of Sometimes when edits, you know, but... you know, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, if, if, if something came out and the first time you wrote it, it was, that was it, I'd be like, oh my God, you are actually some kind of mythical being yourself. You know, any, going back to anything as a creative, normally the first iteration is not the one you want out there. And you'll yeah. go through it and you'll figure things out and you'll make things work a lot better and stuff. I have done one-offs. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, no, totally understand yeah. what you mean. Yeah. They're, they're unicorns yeah. when they happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, look, I made a unicorn Yes, today. yes, they are unicorns. <laughs> You're like, I did it. Look at that. Woo! Amazing. Um, but yeah, so going back to Lavender Footsteps, I, the first time I actually, um, we discussed this. So, you know, like Mike said, he also works um, on Storyteller Series with me and well, I work with Mike at this point because I'm still I'm still learning. Mike is still showing me all the ropes and and all that jazz. Um, but you know, I, I said this when um, when I first listened to the first draft or the first edit of Lavender Footsteps. It was the first time I had ever um, listened or read Lavender Footsteps, and I felt you know I like I really loved the story, and you really felt the like. The one thing that I felt was amazing was the characterization within the first like paragraph almost or the first like, you know, before you even know who the main character is, you don't know her name before you even know, you don't even know that Lynn is called Lynn and you, but you have an idea of what they are like as a person. Person's fine. <laughs> you know, She's a we'll person. say person for now. And I just, you know, yeah, exactly. A person, yeah. a person. She exactly. becomes a person. Um, you know as yeah exactly but you know android person <laughs> the being a being yeah. um and but you really do you get a really good grasp of um of lynn and that's just from you know just from that small amount of information that you've received and it's something that's happening in real time mm-hmm. you know so you're learning as you're going and you understand and you're like well okay m is missing oh my goodness who's m you know, and the, then there's this draw to this character that I, you know, I absolutely love. Um, but on that, is there any kind of tips that you would have for budding authors on how to bring characters to life? Because um, I imagine that's really difficult, you know, to, to do. I think the biggest mistake people try to make when they're trying to lock in characterization, especially when it's tied to narration, mm-hmm. um, which is more prevalent mm-hmm. in first person than third person though it shouldn't be, um, mm-hmm. is that when you are writing a point of view, so when you're writing a story and you're doing either, like I said, first person or deep third person, and deep third person is when mm-hmm. uh, you, you say he, she, they did something, and then, but you're doing mm-hmm. it, you still get those like inter- internal reactions and internal uh, views of stuff in the narration. So he did this, but... He was terrified 
and he's sweating and his palms are sticky yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Um, I think the trick mm-hmm. to really locking in voice is to not formalize. And this is if you like an informal tone, um, but is to not mm-hmm. formalize mm-hmm. your prose to the point where all your stories share the same sort of cadence and structure and movement in what you're writing, but you tailor it to each point of view character. So like for Lynn, it's important. She has like a staccato mindset. So whenever she's thinking, this stuff comes out very like, she doesn't use a whole lot of Mm -hmm. long sentences or anything like that for the most part. Whenever she's thinking about something, it's either this Mm -hmm. is that, that's that, this is this, and she moves on. Um, And the trick to really nailing characterization is figuring those things out ahead of time. So if you have, like if I was to write it from M's point of view, it'd be more wandering and more curious. So she, she'd she yeah. be really staring at the log, wondering what's inside. Because she thinks it's a hair, but she doesn't know if it's mm-hmm. a hair. And so she's blind and oblivious to everything else, but she's really like proud of her bots and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and you want to dig into those components of each character viewpoint so that you get that, you can feel the character no matter if you know their name or not, like you were saying. If you're reading a story and you yeah. open it up in the first sentence you and the, the book's got multiple point of views and the first sentence tells you who that is without having to say, this is James, then that's how you know you've nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. And like I said, it was just something that like I found. I I haven't done admission here. I haven't done much reading in a like in a while because I've been someone that I've consumed my media through video or through you know through the internet or audio which is why I love the storyteller series and listening you know I think I think it's a a brilliant way to showcase author's work and you know and be able to get it out to a wider audience you know because reading for one reason or another might not be for everybody yeah Um, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that most written word is like consumed in like paragraphs nowadays so you go to read an article yes. and it's got to yeah, be like no, three exactly. sentences and nothing longer. <laughs> but please, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. Yeah, everyone, TikTok has ruined everyone's brain, whether they realize it or not. You want information <laughs> in short bursts and that's it. But no, definitely, it was something that I I really, really felt. And I, I felt it. I felt how your characterization came to be within within this 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 short story. And, you know, even, even seeing... Like seeing M through Lynn's point of view as well also really, really gives you that like almost even though she is like this android, like this android, like she isn't, um, she she still cares and she still (laughs) she is, she is, and it's really scary because now I am very, (laughs) very much afraid of any technological thing in my house. But anyway. (laughs) Um sorry. But yeah, so obviously, <laughs> yeah, I know you've terrified it. Um, you know, we've so you've already answered one of my questions is what inspired Lavender Footsteps? My next question was going to be, um, did you have a specific message in mind? Um, and, you know, you've, you've touched on that about found family, which I think is really lovely. Yeah. Um, is there like looking back on the piece, does it maybe give across any, you know, for you, you as the author, you were the one that wrote it. It doesn't matter what, what. Mm. Sally thinks about the piece and what the message she thinks has come across. No one cares about what Sally says. You look back on. No (laughs) one cares about Sally, exactly. Um, But is there anything that, like, you're looking back, you're like, oh, actually, this portrays this really well as well? 
Uh, I the answer can be no. <laughs> no, there there is a a component. Um, uh, the mm -hmm. relationship between uh Lynn and Ted is an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and when I was writing it, I was thinking about that, but just to try to hit the, mm -hmm. the tones and the gaslighting and all that sort of component. Um, mm -hmm. But it wasn't the, it wasn't the drive. It was just me trying to flesh out two characters and to make it clear yeah. that this was a toxic relationship, even though they both talked about it, like mm -hmm. it's like true love sort of thing. Um, and I yeah. think that came out relatively successfully. Um, yeah, even with the ending well. when she can't kill Ted and she can't stop him mm -hmm. and she needs help from her found family to fulfill that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that would be the one bit that I think actually was an accident, but I think worked really well in the end. Um, Cause it's, mm -hmm. she's not weak for ha not being able to do it. She's strong for trying mm -hmm. to do something, and yeah, yeah. That that was the part that I really wanted to hit because the easy part, the easy way to finish the story would have been to have her kill Ted, and that's yeah, it, exactly. You know? Kill Ted. Wow, she killed Ted. Yeah, yeah. but having yeah. it be that she yeah, can't the, do the it. Yeah, the ending. I was yeah. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that answers. Yeah, the I, I, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does. It does. You um, you messaged me and you were like, "Did you cry at the end?" I cried at the end. Like you, you really like hit the nail on the head with it so well. It was all, it was almost like that moment where you really like you've kind of take consumed this media, this piece of you know piece of media art, mm -hmm. and you sit back and it literally was the final word that yeah. made me go, whoa! You know, it was it was it was just just ending it with the word lavender, and I was just like, oh my gosh my brain i have so many emotions <laughs> it's insane um and i i really loved how beautiful um how beautiful it came it, you know it was in the end and i feel like you you captured the um you know the robotic side of of you know of the, the robotic side of being an android but also you still got the emotion that w the other characters were putting onto that and you you really mm. felt that and i i feel like you you really did that really well so Claps to you. Thank you. Little little claps. I'll take um, it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was amazing. Yeah, exactly. It was amazing. It was amazing, and especially I feel like the voice actors. You know, this is yeah. this is at the end of the day. This is this whole piece is your baby as well. Like yeah. you, you, the voice actors as well did such an amazing job on it, and they really helped bring it to life as well. And this yeah. puts me on to my next question. After well, let working me give a on storytellers for so uh, long. C Chen yeah, did a fantastic job as Lynn. Um, mm -hmm. Anna Christina mm -hmm. did a fantastic job as M, and Daisy Brahas did an amazing mm -hmm. job as as Cammy. Like I did a yeah. mediocre job of Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I but, uh, loved it. I loved it. But everybody else, they, they really then, did. Well, and then Casey, we I just he did. Casey's the one who mm -hmm. did the original. Uh, because Lavender Footsteps was the absolute yeah. first storyteller series uh, episode, and that was done before I was involved. So I, I knew that Michael mm -hmm. Cherniak, who was content director for Night Shift Radio, was looking for stuff for storyteller, and I had something in the right word 
account and he picked and picked it up, produced it. And I went, so do you have other stories ready? And he said, no. And I went, okay, well, do you need an editor? <laughs> but yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Well, you've, you've spoken yeah. to us about, um, about how you didn't see the way that Casey portrayed Ted as Ted until you heard. Yeah. As soon as Casey, Casey went, as Ted. that was so many words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he growled no, exactly. into the microphone. And I, I, and I went, oh, crap. That's Ted. I didn't know that. <laughs> I found out that Casey Ted, Ryan exactly. is Ted today. <laughs> not enough. I guess maybe not. <laughs> today Sorry. we've learned. Yeah. Um, well, mm, Sorry, Casey. Sorry, Casey. Can't hang out with you anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but does it feel amazing that, you know, this is this is a piece of, of piece of work that you have literally worked on now from beginning to end. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that must feel amazing. It's nice to hear yeah. it in its current form. No, I'm glad. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, exactly. Um you know, was you know, and then, you know, it's going on the back of that, um, was there a moment that you know going back to you've write you've done the whole thing was there a moment that when you were writing it that you were like i am really loving this whether it's like you know not like wow i'm so happy this is so like but there's like an emotion that's attached to it that you really enjoyed putting onto yeah when i made paper, myself it were. when i made myself cry at the end that was yeah yeah i, don't, I love that that's yeah that's, I, i'm that's... i'm not a guy who's afraid of crying for a strong emotion mm -hmm. um but mm -hmm. i don't usually cry because i'm sad or you know happy it's usually all the other weird stuff mm -hmm. and so when it when i finished the end and i wrote lavender at the very end that's i just sobbed because i was mm -hmm. just so yeah thrilled with the way that it, it ended. yeah i've not often written something mm -hmm. where i can sum up the entire story in one word and so it if yeah and good. that was done perfectly yeah no exactly like I, like i said before just reading the word here hearing the word lavender and then now i've gone back and reread it just read it as a piece without the mm -hmm. um without the full episode even reading it, it it's just like wow I, I, like i don't know how else to put it into words it's like you know what that's the perfect way for it to end because yeah, so, well it hints at so again, much claps. like Hints that more can happen and that she's not lost because the yes. ending's kind of sad, you know. Yes. She offs herself because it's yeah. the only way to keep Ted from regenerating. And then um, yeah. M's like, screw this, I'm going to save her. It just takes her a decade. And then she finally digs her up. Yeah, no big deal. Reboots her, <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah. turns around you and know. then she, it's still this idea that uh, it kind of connects back to that whole found family thing. Because lavender is so important throughout mm -hmm. the entire story, and the thing that Ted yes, couldn't get no, rid of in the end conflict in the climax series, he couldn't get rid of the. Um, it's like an idea I kind of borrowed from Westworld, uh, the cornerstone of a personality. Mm -hmm. You take that out, that that yep. uh, that bot or whatever I can't remember what they call them right now, but they stopped functioning. Mm -hmm. And for Lynn, it's it's lavender. Yep. You pull lavender, you get rid of that scent. And all the other memories dissolve. Yeah. And it was so strong mm -hmm. that that just stayed despite, you know, the the equivalent of a manufacturer's reset, a hard reset of a system. And it's still there because, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Because Lynn's not just an android. 
Lynn, Lynn has progressed beyond no, she's her so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, you know, so obviously, again, another question was going to be if you were going to, you know, rewrite anything about Lavender Footsteps now. I'm assuming you wouldn't, or would you? Because obviously, we've now got two. Well, we've now had two versions of Lavender Footsteps from yeah. Storyteller series and. You know, things have been done so much differently than the first time. Yeah. And it's amazing that the Storyteller series have had the chance to be able to do that with, with your work. Um, you know, for, say for any reason, for some reason, you went back and even if even if it's like a sentence or something like that, is there anything? Completely understand if there isn't. Um, well, I kind of got a chance coming to do off that, that. You know, the more you've... Yeah. Because yeah, the, uh, the original um, one we know, did, the ending was, or the beginning was much longer. So there was a bit more, mm-hmm. it was a bit more drawn out. And uh, when I talked yeah. to Michael about redoing Lavender Footsteps for the full cast, I went, oh, maybe I could fix this. Because the beginning dragged a little bit in mm-hmm. audio format. Reading it was fine because mm-hmm. you read it really quickly. But when it was an audio format, it's just yeah. a little slow. So uh, I, I did do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not even hypothetical. Um, I well, shortened the, then... the intro. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. yeah, but the thing is that I think that it, I think that um going back to a piece of art or a piece of work that you know you love so much and you can go back and you can do that. I think I think that it's it also shows a lot as as a person that you can you know as you've grown because I imagine that you know tr- since you've written that that you've you've evolved as a writer and as an author anyway in you yeah. know in in ways that you might not even intentionally have done gone out to do Um, i've i've taken so many um i spent a lot of time working on craft after i wrote that story um mm -hmm. like i joined apex writers group took some classes from david farland and really dug into that for a couple of years and so when i came back uh at the end of last year to look at lavender footsteps for the re the redux um I looked at it with with the knowledge of everything I have now and was like, okay, it's pretty good. Um, and for the most part, the, the ending, I, I wouldn't change the ending at all uh, or most of the middle. But the mm-hmm. beginning, I was reading it going, this is taking too damn long. This is taking too long. <laughs> Something's got to happen. <laughs> tip top, tip top. <laughs> it's not long enough. This story's not long yeah, enough for this no, lot of an exactly. intro. <laughs> like what's happening um no but i think it's amazing you know and you spoke about um how you took you took some classes and joined and joined groups and things like that um is there any advice that you would like to give to um any authors or any writers out there and off the back of that is there any advice that you kind of wish you had gotten sooner that has uh, really changed how you look at things or how you write well, i'll start with the first one um the first one is mm-hmm. somewhat easy, but also very hard. Uh, don't write alone. That's the hardest part. It's an easy concept. Find people to write with. It's hard because most people don't want to write or they don't actually write at all. Or they will say that they mm-hmm. write and they've really ri- written, you know, maybe 10,000 words in their lifetime. And they spend a lot of time reading about writing. Yeah. But they don't actually write. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's. To give it a plug, that's where Apex came in for me. Uh, it's Apex Writers mm-hmm. Group, Apex-Writer.com? I can't remember. Um, 
but it's the group that Dave set up to bring a I'm bunch sure, of. I'm sure we can we can pop it in the link. Yeah, probably. Uh, but it's a, it's a yeah, group that, that Dave Farland put together um, to bring a bunch mm-hmm. of authors together so that they could actually start not work in silos anymore. And there's 400 members now in there and a bunch of wow. us just kind of started grouping off and based on genre or topic or mm-hmm. just writing style and became i mean i've made a bunch of friends in that location or in that group mm-hmm. that have helped my writing get significantly better because you can write as well as you think you write on your own but if you don't have people who also know the craft you're never you're gonna top out a, a certain point you're just never gonna be able to move past a certain yeah. point and you'll just get frustrated um because for some reason mm-hmm. people do not just like reading free stuff that you put out for the most part <laughs> unless it's very specific topics you know what imagine in 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 so in a world where people want everything for free imagine people not wanting yeah. to i needed read beta readers on a book things. and i was like hey uh I will give you guys this. I just want your feedback at the end. And pitched that out to my like almost 5,000 Twitter followers and got zero interest. (laughs) Yeah. It's so, people are weird. Maybe we should all, you know, get androids that become our found family instead. It's it's better that way. I mean, people suck. (laughs) You know what? Sorry, people that are listening, but people suck. (laughs) They do. (laughs) That's why I have started... um, I have officially started, um, you know, collecting animals for my zoo. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what I did. I got four of them. That's how it works. The best way. They're all in the other room. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, they're like, nah, not today, not today. Um, But yeah, so what would, what was, so what would Uh, be the advice that you wish you'd gotten sooner? Is that the same kind of. It's in the same vein. It's that writing doesn't have to be lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And that the rules everybody yells at you are not rules. They are guidelines for after you learn how to Mm -hmm. write. Mm -hmm. So when you are learning how to write, sit down and learn how to write, follow the rules. When you know how to write and can put string sentences together and can make paragraphs that flow and can do description and set scenes and give characterization and all this stuff. Sorry. Uh. I got a weird Zoom message. Okay. Um, but when you can get oh, all no. <laughs> yeah, when you can get all that together, then that's when you break the rules. That's when you start putting sentence fragments in mm-hmm. into to increase tension. That's when you put mm-hmm. in curses and narration. That's when you drop all the fucks yep. whenever you want. Because you yeah, know how it is. And, exactly. Yeah, you know how it functions. So at that point, do what you need to do in order to get the effect you're going for. If you're looking for mm-hmm. tension, then make sure that it's tense, no matter what that means. If it's a seri- three lines that are just one yeah. word each, then that's what you do. Um, but don't do that if you don't know what you're doing yet. <laughs> If you're like, okay, I know how yeah. to write a sentence. Uh, do this. Now I'm just going to do it until you know. Yeah. Learn first. <laughs> learn the rules yeah. in air quotes. And then once you learn them, realize that they are guidelines. And break them as mm-hmm. you need, not just because you can. 
I think that's a, that's a very good one. Yeah. So, yeah. That's. I think that's also a good life lesson. Break the yeah. rules as you need, but not just because you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to wow, be gained. Things just... have gotten deep here. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so is there, you know, um, we spoke about uh, D&D, which is something that I personally didn't know about you, which I think is is really cool. Uh, like I said, is some, something that I'm like fascinated in and learning. Um, are there any other hobbies that you have? Like um, it can be anything like gaming, watching TV shows movies anything yes are you uh are you a secret uh athlete swimmer you know i am not a swimmer uh <laughs> i'm hydrophobic so you know well. no I'm, <laughs> I'm not oh, no. <laughs> uh, i am a super mediocre drummer um and oh, that's I'm really cool definitely a gamer i used to be bigger in the tabletop stuff mm-hmm. but it's hard to do most of the play most of the games we have with two people so my wife and I pretty much have stopped doing yes. that. Um, but I mm-hmm. game every night. My Mostly, though, I spend my time in deep dive RPGs. So it's not like a game with mm-hmm. people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, well, you know, like everybody games how they want to game, you know? Well, I just finished my first real run through of Witcher 3 with all the expansions and everything. Um. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the first time I've ever finished everything. Uh, the first time I played it, when it first came out, I was uh, working a lot of hours and mm-hmm. tried to get into it. It was like five hours in. I had just got into the first town and started to go around. And I was like, screw <laughs> this. I don't have time to grind. And so I cheated it's my so, way through the game. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing with The Witcher is like, it's just such a huge universe as you can tell in this household we are a fan of the witcher if listeners don't know i have um just got a puppy and he is named yaskir yeah yes that yaskir yaskir the bard i was um, gonna ask you know but i figured we would you it would know be a silly question yeah that's exact that's exactly <laughs> why no yeah 100 percent. um we were toying with the name rivia because you know go yeah. rivia and i thought oh that's a nice name and then we met him and we were like no you're a yaskir no matter, like, you could have went with you know, butcher. naming a puppy Yaskers. We could <laughs> butcher, butcher. Have you yeah. seen my dog? He's the softest this adorable thing little ever. thing. Well, that's pretty butcher. much what. <laughs> yeah, that's what Gerald is, right? He's essentially <laughs> a giant dog. puppy dog that has yeah. a sword. I mean, come on. Big true, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, the the witch is a game that um, I also haven't fully completed because there's just so much going on. There is. Um, I'm sure there's a ton of side quests I haven't done, but after I think it's 140 hours, oh, I was 100%. like, I think I'm good now. Uh, I don't need to I go get I'm all good. of the. Yeah. I don't need the special equipment or anything like that. I just really care about the story. I'm not a completionist for completionist mm-hmm. sake, but like Mass Effect, mm-hmm. Legendary, I played them all, got every ending, every option in all three games. Um, I had already played oh, wow. all the content. Uh, every bit of DLC, and when Legendary mm-hmm. came Edition came out, I bought it immediately, and then played through twice. Yeah, you were like, "Well, might as well do it again." Yeah, yeah I mean, what's the <laughs> no, worst that, that could happen? The beauty 60- of um... yeah. another 140 hours gone. Yeah, no, that's the beauty of I think that, <laughs> that yeah. is Mass Effect and Bioware games. You know, as someone as someone that you come from, you know, you you love playing D and D. The 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 all the options having all the options in the world is 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 brilliant yeah. and they they're all there to push character forward and that's something that keeps showing up yes that's what I 
that is what I need in an RPG. And that's also what I need in stories and mm -hmm. in the stuff I write. It's got to be characters pushing a story forward. And the, the topic can be galaxy-ending mm -hmm. madness, but it's still got to be about characters. And Mass Effect and The Witcher. Yeah. Um, and Bioware's Jade Empire from way back when. All fantastic, amazing games that do that. Character front and center on a massive scale. Like I try, yeah. I, I try to play um, smaller. Ever... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. You keep, keep going. Keep going. Uh, I, I'm there curious is, about the have you, you ever know, question. For listeners that might be like, okay, <laughs> have you ever? Um, are you a Star Wars fan? Are you a Star Wars person? Uh, yes. I'm trying to see if I got anything here right now. So, have you ever played Star Wars: The Old Republic? Oh, because fuck that yeah. is a Bioware Absolutely. MMO. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yes, it's amazing. I love it. And two. Yeah, it's so good. Two has had such potential. Um, but where I spent uh, no. So you're thinking of you're thinking of Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, you're talking about the MMO. Star Wars, yes. the Old Republic. I right the here. MMO. I yeah, have yeah, yeah. Knights of the Old Republic is amazing as well. I have uh, 12, 14, 16 characters. Um, most of them are maxed mm -hmm. out, and uh, at least seven of them I actually yep. leveled from level one up to seventy through the story and everything and all the expansions. Oh my gosh. Um, yep. Not all the expansions. The latest amazing. one I've only gone through with one character. It's it's not as amazing, mm -hmm. more uh, addiction. Um, so I had to stop playing because I think yes. it was 2013 when the Shadow of Revan expansion came out. I spent three mm -hmm. solid months in that game out of 12 months. So just counting time. Wow. Like played time. Yep. It was three months out of one year. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I wow. Did. Yeah. It was. Mm, yeah. Yep. Nope. Can't. It gets you. It gets you. It does. Right? And that's why I jump no, in like, one character. Because <laughs> I'll finish the, the the latest chapters that are up or something. And then I'll go, oh, well, mm -hmm. I wonder what where what I could do with this character. And then I'll jump over into my healing sage and be <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, PvP is fun. What about this one? Yeah. And then all of a sudden no, I've exactly. been on there for four and hours I... and like, I, I don't need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you know, when you sit down and you do something, it, for me, it happens with gaming a lot. When you sit down, it's the middle of the day and you feel like you've blinked and you look up and it's dark outside. Yeah. That's what happens with me and Star Wars The Old Republic. <laughs> very, very much so. Um, But yeah, I think I think that's a, that's a great point for us to end on, you know, happy note. All of, you know, I feel like, I feel like during this, you know, we've learned a lot about, um, about you as a person, which I think is amazing. Uh, I personally love to know the people behind art yeah. as well as their thought process and things like that and what makes them tick, what keeps them going. I think it's really cool. So where can listeners find more about you, whether that's your artwork, your artwork, you're an artist, <laughs> well, it is artwork. But when, I, I do have some artwork, is, but nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, um, whether it's your writing, whether it's just, you know, you as a person, your Twitter, plug yourself pretty much anything to do with me is with um the short name mike wyant m-i-k-e-w-y-a-n-t-j-r so patreon.com slash mike wyant jr mm -hmm. and twitter.com slash mike wyant jr facebook.com you know all that stuff is mike wyant jr mike wyant jr.com um yeah so it's i try to make it as simple as possible it's my name everywhere Including Instagram, which uh, the last stuff that's on Instagram is from like 2011. So, you know, I think I have a picture. So of if you want to go back and see some 
some throwback yeah. <laughs> throwback Mike some real Wine throwback Jr. content instagram <laughs> pre mike wine <laughs> jr losing his mind yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's been so lovely to speak to you likewise and i'm sure that listeners will hear more from you and you'll still be working on storyteller series you know so yeah i'm not going yeah anywhere. and go check out mike's work and check out ex- exactly yeah. keep um, listening to storyteller yeah, series that's my for... work too <laughs> do it yes do it a hundred percent like mike puts so much work into storyteller series and it's amazing and it's it's such a wonderful experience to be able to work with him so oh thanks megs make sure you listen well it's nice it's fun um right let's wrap this up because i feel like we could sit and just chat about things for hours at this point yeah we were Um, worried about not having enough content now we're just jabbing so yeah i know we were like well what's both panicking "Hmm, is this enough this is gonna be horrible (laughs) one of us knows what i'm talking about yeah guys thank you so much for listening and we will see you soon see you soon speak to you soon yeah yeah (laughs) They all work.